And I'm Anna Dowhair. And on this episode of the Reclaiming the Garden podcast, we're talking about movies, um, mm-hmm. especially like ones that relate to religion, um, mostly Christianity, but we might talk about a few other different things too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I guess like starting off, let's talk about some Christian propaganda stuff and just what we were sort of like, you know, growing up in evangelicalism, what was the vibe around movies? Yeah, so... Um... The only one of the Christian things that I watched as a kid that has aged well at all is VeggieTales. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, VeggieTales has aged super well. Um, I also love, I think, the story they that- don't, They don't go into anything about sexuality and political issues. They're just like, God loves you very much, and you should be kind to other people. Exactly. <laughs> and it's so funny, because I think Phil Vischer, who's the creator of the show and also did a lot of the voice acting- um, the only rule he got from his mom was that he couldn't make Jesus a vegetable. <laughs> then, you know, he did make him a carrot in the nativity set, but... <laughs> which makes sense, which is fine, but, like, I guess they couldn't have, like, a like broccoli healing the blind or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, like, crucify a rutabaga. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I've actually always found very interesting is um, Bill Vischer did a talk maybe a few years ago about veggie tales and about how big idea studios kind of went under and the process mm-hmm. of kind of losing all of that. And he credits um, college students with veggie tales getting so popular because mm. like college kids who weren't necessarily religious would work at Christian bookstores for minimum wage. And they would mm. sneak copies of veggie tales out to like watch to like have watch parties together. And then they'd show oh them. Oh my on, gosh. Like, <laughs> that is why like, that's who he credits. Like, VeggieTales getting so popular is because all these like college kids worked at Christian bookstores and they would show it to their friends and then they could like endorse it really well. Hmm. They probably, I bet some of those kids were getting high while watching it. <laughs> I mean, how, how can you not? <laughs> the whole bunny song is a bit of a trip. <laughs> I went back and rewatched it. Oh, you mean the, the chocolate bunny? That's like my favorite VeggieTales thing. The, the, the Rad Shack and Benny. Yeah, Rad Shack and yeah. Benny. Mm-hmm. Also, I did not know for years that they had actually changed the lyrics of the bunny song. Initially, it was like, the bunny, the bunny. Oh, I love the bunny. I don't love my mom or my dad, just the bunny. And they changed it. And the, the one I grew up with was, I don't love my soup or my bread, just the bunny. So they had hmm. changed the lyrics probably because uh, they didn't want kids singing, I don't love my mom I... or my dad, just <laughs> the bunny. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, VeggieTales was definitely a good vibe i guess maybe um technically only a few of them are actual like feature length films like there's the there's jonah right yeah i remember seeing the jonah one in theaters and when then it the, came out is there, was there the pirates that don't do anything had their own right am i am <laughs> i like hallucinating <laughs> they had their own spinoff i don't know it definitely didn't get as much coverage mm-hmm. in for lack of better phrasing in the secular world that jonah did because i remember like mm-hmm. Like, you would see commercials for Jonah on TV. Because mm-hmm. um, every, like, I, I shouldn't say everyone knew what VeggieTales was at that point. Because I was going to a private Christian school and going to an evangelical <laughs> church. So I didn't really know anyone outside of that realm. But, like, even people in my life who didn't grow up religious, like, they can they can F with VeggieTales. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess there were a lot of, like, feature-length films. But um, also talking about important evangelical media 
The God's Not Dead movies. I saw God's Not Dead 1 and 2 in theaters with my youth group. I didn't, though, at the end of the film, they're always like, you gotta text everyone on your... No, I didn't. I didn't because I was like... (gasps) You, he did. Well, like, so, wait, the first one, when did that come out? When would that have been? Because I didn't get my cell phone until, like, a certain point in high school. I want to say, like, 2010, 2011, maybe? Because I remember getting a text from an acquaintance saying that God wasn't dead and I did not understand what she was talking about because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Okay, 2014. So I did have a phone, but like, it was also, it was like a little flip phone though. Like it was like a, you know, you you put it out and it had the keyboard on it and stuff uh-huh. uh, because my parents just, you know, it was the cheapest option. So I I like didn't even probably know how to like message my entire <laughs> like a contact list with that kind of phone um also if you recall like i remember back in the day um text messages were 15 cents a pop so oh not in 24- my family had like a family plan but okay i guess not in 2014 but i remember back in the day so it's like that's kind of an expensive ask especially if you have a lot of people in your contact list hmm yeah, um, but I also, yeah, I felt like I just I was like, I don't want to, like, force this down people's throats. Also, what does that going to even mean? Like, right, your response, God's not dead. Like, it's what like, does that mean? No, he's not. Like, I, I, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's also, of course, some people pointed out that, like, it's that the whole, like, concept uh, is, like, misunderstanding what Nietzsche said when he said God's not God is dead. Right, yeah, blah, blah. Yes, that. <laughs> yeah, the full like, quote is like, God is dead and we have killed him. And I don't know. Yeah, like, it's like, it just completely ignores the philosophy just in like, has the God is dead, you know, as like this. I mean, let's get into it. Have you, so have you seen God's Not Dead for the first one? I have not in totality. I've seen a lot of analyses on it. Um, one that I will talk about is from a YouTuber called Big Joel. I really liked his was definitely more serious analysis. And then, of course, I do love um, Nick DiRamio's. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, they, 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 they love, um, they uh, just, they're just hilarious. And they do a lot of commentary on like TV shows and movies and has done a lot on the different clean flicks. Um, pure flicks. <laughs> pure flicks, sorry. Pure <laughs> flicks property. Clean, fi- clean flicks was something we had in school. Pure flicks properties which includes the god's not dead movies Mm -hmm. so i'm just remembering god this is so embarrassing i saw the first god's not dead movie twice in theaters (laughs) i just remembered that wow Um, (laughs) first the first time was with my youth group and then the second time was with the bible club because of course i was in the bible club at high school (laughs) um and oh my god though i remember (laughs) one of the people actually like sort of pointed out some of his discomfort with some of the scenes in it um and now of course he's like not you know he's very much not evangelical anymore uh i mean let me just the scene where like this um this muslim girl is um found out to be a christian a secret christian by her father and then yeah, you also like, she's listening to franklin graham tapes which i'm like this seems like a plug for franklin graham but okay fine <laughs> i didn't even know it was franklin graham but like mm-hmm. um and then like uh, you see like her father just start like beating her out of the house like it's really it's really intense yeah uh, and also very anti-muslim <laughs> it's really anti-muslim and it's it's just like again it's it's fearing the other it's not even like 
-hmm. I think it would have been more effective but that doesn't play into the propaganda narrative of islam being evil of like and also the... she starts following christianity and then the dad's like i don't accept like not having it be so violent like i'm sure disowning happens in a happens in christianity all the time but mm-hmm. like not having it be so violent right? like it, plays it could be into, that um, that whole fucking scene could be replaced with like a a gay child and a christian parent like <laughs> yeah exactly and it's also the the fact that like um, in Islam, Jesus is a very important, is like the mm-hmm. second most important figure in Islam. Like it's not mm-hmm. all that far. They're not, it's not all that far off. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's again, it was just perpetuating Islamophobia. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, there's also the, you know, the racist, I believe Chinese, or I didn't even know. I mean, I think actually it even just, Oh yeah, wait, no, it does say that he's from the People's Republic of China, this character. That atheistic hellhole. Yeah, yeah, it's a very just racist stereotype that's portrayed there as well, with, like, this, this, his, this character's father is, like, just doesn't, like, care when he finds out about Christianity and is like, well, I'm focused on business because I'm a Chinese businessman. Oh Oh my god. (laughs) Um, there's a scene where, like, the, um, the... Muslim student is going to school and she's like all like she's covering herself up before she goes into the car with her father and this one student just goes up and is like I wish you didn't have to like do that you're so beautiful without it like yeah no (laughs) you wouldn't say that to a nun in a habit yeah yeah um oh let's talk about uh Professor Radisson played by Kevin Kevin Sorbo the darling of christian cinema i know Um, he's in the he's starring in the so the there is a new it actually like i think just released the um uh left behind rise of the antichrist he plays kevin or he plays raymond Steele, uh which is like the main one of the main characters in the left behind stuff wonderful okay yeah and actually what's interesting i looked into it so i watched the i watched the 2014 left behind movie which covers like just the rapture happening. Um, and then I saw that like apparently this Rise of the Antichrist is a sequel, but it has an entirely new cast. Cause I mean, you know, mm. obviously like what's interesting is that like it um it the 2014 one stars Nick Cage, who is like not not an evangelical <laughs> darling. He's like, I don't even know what he believes religiously, but he's not evangelical. I don't well, think the best way I've seen Nick Cage described is that he is a silent film actor who has been given a voice to speak. Like with the way he acts and how exaggerated <laughs> it is. Like he's a silent like he was born in the silent film actor era and he is now living among um, us. Yeah, but clearly like he I'm assuming he's not an evangelical just because like I mean he's if you're not like outspoken about your faith that's a sign that you're probably and not are you even a christian at that point <laughs> um yeah and like what's interesting is that, like yeah it definitely it doesn't feel that preachy like i watched the 2014 version just a few days ago and it wasn't like super preachy it was just like all these people realizing like oh maybe my mom was right when she was saying all these crazy things about the end of the world i don't know um <laughs> And like, you know, and and Nick Cage is like, oh, the people who disappeared on this plane because uh, Raymond Steele is a uh, pilot. Uh, And so I think I think I'm assuming how it goes is that like the rapture happens while he's flying a plane. Um, Okay. Yeah. And so his his co-pilot is gone. Um, One of the airline ladies is gone. Uh, The 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 
hostesses, I guess, whatever it's called. Um, mm-hmm. and Stewardess. Yes, that's the word. Um, and then there's like, okay, the thing that I didn't really think about that like happened and is really featured in this movie is like, um, uh, any child under 12 is gone. Like, just gone. Yeah. And so all there's these, an age of accountability in that movie. Yeah. Um, and the moms are all like, where's my baby? Like, you know, it's like this horrifying thing of like, oh my God, they're on this plane and then suddenly all the children on this plane are gone. Like, <laughs> That's terrifying. That is terrifying. <laughs> I also, like, think about like the poor, like, 13 year old who like just missed it where it's like, oh, are you kidding God. me? <laughs> yeah. But to kind of bring up Kevin Sorbo, um, in specifically as his character, Miss, was it Dr. Radisson? Mr. Oh, yes, Radisson. Dr. Radisson. Right. Sorry. Thank you for bringing me back. I think I was already like going on to the Left Behind movies and like, oh, no, wait, we got to talk about God's Not Dead. It's <laughs> okay. Because one thing I wanted to bring up was there's a YouTuber called Big Joel and he did an analysis of the first God's Not Dead movie. He might have done an analysis of the other ones, but at least I remember the first one. And one thing he, he said he was- the guy who did the Why Christian Movies Suck? video or maybe let me just look this okay because like i love i love literally watching all the youtube videos about god's not dead it's a whole thing but um um yeah so for the big joel video like he describes that when the first the movie first came out um he still was a christian and he went and saw newsboys in concert right after the movie had come out which if you recall newsboys made the titular song of the film god's not dead not dead he's surely alive he's living on the roaring like a lion god's not dead um, he's so he went on newsboys in concert and when they were playing the song they showed clips of the movie um, behind them yeah and um there then like they show kevin sorbo's character and the audience starts booing um like a, I don't know, like, you know, like the 30 seconds hate or whatever from 1984. And one thing that he brought up is like, imagine if you had brought a friend who wasn't religious to that concert, and then they see all the Christians booing this atheist character, like, that's not going to make you want to convert in quotations, or like change or like do any of that, because you're treated Mm -hmm. so much like this fictional character, this fictional atheist played by Kevin Sorbo, who's a massive evangelical, is treated with no. disdain by this Christian audience. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just and they, like and they all love the, the ACLU. All the stuff. It's just like all the atheists are these mustache twirling villains who just hate God, and like. <laughs> Yeah, um, like, especially if you think about, like, they hate God. How can you hate what doesn't exist? You know, it's like, the atheists don't hate God, they don't believe that God exists, so that's why they're atheists. Oh. That's, I mean, that's, so that's something that the main character says to Radisson when he's, like, he starts yelling, I hate God. (laughs) Checkmate atheists. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, or the fact that like, he brings up, like, why do bad things happen? Free will. And it's like, that does not explain. Like, I that know. is such a oh stupidly God. simple answer for, like, why are there hungry people? Yeah, free will of. Yeah, like, why is there cancer? Why do good people, like, die unexpectedly? Like, why are there Why is there cancer? Like, free will. It's like. <laughs> I mean, sure, but it's free will very much being left unchecked. You know, it's not like let the cards fall where they fall it's just like it's like you're not you're not convincing me of anything Mm -hmm. right now mr josh wheaton Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and then I'm thinking about the, we have the, so, okay, I guess this is a character who starts off as, like, more of an atheist that isn't necessarily, is she like, like the most trolling villain level, but. That works for, like, some, like, a magazine called, like, the liberal something. Like, <laughs> she's very obviously the liberal villain. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Left. Yeah. Um. Her name's Amy, and her real name is Trisha Lafache. Um, yeah, which they're she, such trash. Oh yeah, she gets like, to interview they're so Duck awful, Dynasty. They're awful, couple, awful, awful, awful human Dynasty beings. Couple. Like, I need you to get off your high horse. You invented duck calls. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, you have way too much power. <laughs> all the guns, all the camo, oh. and some really homophobic beliefs to go along with it. You have all the guns and all the camo. <laughs> and then they have their daughter who's like the pinnac- like the pinnacle mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. evangelical pureness yep. and sweetness. Um Sadie Robertson Huff and yeah. Yeah, like like embracing oh, yeah, femininity. Yeah. And but it's very much so, part of the in my opinion, the way it comes across with her machine. and as I've seen with other <laughs> biblical womanhood sort of influencers is it's yeah it's meant to be more like palatable than someone like uh the transformed wife um mm-hmm. still the same beliefs i think if you dig deep down but it's supposed to be a lot um again mm-hmm. a lot more palatable like i have friends who aren't even necessarily super religious oh, that yeah. follow like sadie robertson because like they like the lifestyle like it's the lifestyle influencing not necessarily like the religious aspect of it Mm-hmm. 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 yeah um yeah i know and, and of yeah, course she does why because she's the liberal um, like, journalist who gets diagnosed with cancer she and she's like i don't have time like, for all cancer the non-religious characters get like yeah does, yeah doesn't kevin sorbo get hit by a car <laughs> mm-hmm. right have horrible things happen to them <laughs> Yes! Oh my god, yes. He's on the way, so he has this moment of realization yeah. in the end, he's like, Which actually, again, like, it's a, it maybe, also maybe has I should go to try like, to get um, my wife back because like, she oh, yeah, left like, me because I was atheist, a dick. You're gonna be an um, asshole to your wife. And then and it's like, he's walk on. No, he could also just be like a real douchebag. Like, he's not, it has nothing to do with his beliefs or lack thereof. I mean, yeah, clearly... Yeah, it's because he completely just, like, treats her like the help at this, like, um, you know, he has this party that he hosts with all these intellectuals. Yeah, no, like, for, like, for a non-religious like, oh, person, like, the, he's really she, leaning into that, like, gender complementarianism. Just, like, leave the room. Like, Yes. Um, and so he's on the way to the so he knows that his wife is at this newsboys concert. And so he goes, he's on the way, walking down the street, and then he gets hit by a car. Uh and then thankfully, guess who's there? Yes, he's a pastor David and he's with like AR Wade. His friend is that from his actual like name? Africa yeah, I, I don't even know. Oh, I guess he is also Pastor Dave in the films. Um he's the <laughs> So this guy's very like Tommy was so type. <laughs> I mean, like you know, but Christian Tommy was so I guess because he's like the creator of Pure Flix. He like I think does like, some of the dude, writing, I, look, and, I get such, that and then he always failed, like stars man, so many of his films to, like, as like it's distracting. 
It's when, and like slight side note, it's when people like Ben Shapiro will say things like the Hollywood elite. It's like, dude, you're a failed screenwriter. That's the only reason why you started um, the Daily Wire is because you couldn't make it as a screenwriter in Hollywood. And his sister was also an extra in Glee. Failed comedian. He also was the voice of the brain on Argo. Oh, yeah, and then there's, very there's funny the guy, Stephen Crowder, who's a failed yeah. comedian. It's, it's funny because, like, I think around Christmas time, he went on one of his, like, weird Adderall rants of, like, Kwanzaa, it's a stupid oh holiday. God. And someone was like, uh, excuse me, was this you? And it's the character Brain from Arthur talking about the significance of Kwanzaa. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, yes. Talking about. Oh, yeah. So um, there's David. The Pastor Dave is there with his uh, token black friend. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you call it ambulance? <laughs> and first? they are like, oh my gosh, we've caught you at just the right time. Have you been saved yet? Do you know Jesus? <laughs> right? And then you have like the weirdest audio as uh, as Kevin Soro speaking because they had to, I don't even know what the fuck they had to do to it but I mean they had to make it like seem like he's he's dying oh, but like, I think the they audio just like, did it in post and they're like yeah the audience he's like believe blood and stuff it. it's like how is how are these words even coming out of his mouth <laughs> and then he got the reward of yeah. death like I I accept G- Jesus Christ as my Lord as a savior. <laughs> It's like, dude, please call an ambulance. Yeah, I mean, David's like, oh <laughs> my god, you're gonna know to, more about Jesus God than any of us go in a second. Living, living and to quote, uh, to miss, this is a quote that's used out of context a lot, but to go out and sin no more. Like, ugh. <laughs> and then, of course, there is the two sequels of God's Not Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, wait, first I want to talk about, you know, the very end. It doesn't really deal with, like, the consequences of, like, him dying at all. Yeah, but, you all know, of their friends Josh is just at this Newsboys concert. And also, and yeah. like, yay, you did the thing. You proved that God isn't dead. The end. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then isn't the token... Um, and the, the, the atheist Muslim Chinese guy becomes a Christian. Girl at the concert, too. Okay. It's like that... <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry that your first Christian concert has to be Newsboys, guys. Like, yeah, she's that's the bigger concert. tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what makes um, me so anyway, sad yeah, is that so Melissa Joan Hart's in that I movie. I also saw in theaters when I was a youth group because I think she's like, my senior year If you were school. a 90s kid, she's um, Clarissa from Closer. Clarissa Explains It All. She's Sabrina, the teenage mm. witch. How dare she be in a God's Not Dead movie? It's so funny because I think she's Christian, but I don't think that she's like evangelical in that sense Mm -hmm. of the word. So I'm surprised that she like took the part. Yeah, I mean, I think I think sometimes, yeah, like they don't they don't necessarily like they don't have to necessarily pass like, you know, the beliefs test to get into this because let's look at let's see jesse metcalf who plays the lawyer um <laughs> let's look at his instagram see if there's a bible verse in his book bio oh really yeah, i did like actually find out so what's interesting Harley. is that chad michael murray was in the 2014 left behind 
movie? Do you I mean, he hasn't really acted yeah, much, so I, I imagine see that, that there is exactly a, what he did. His Instagram bio says put God and Family first. He was like so... One Tree Hill, Cinderella. <laughs> like, he was like the teen heartthrob. Freaky Friday. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, he's... Uh, so Jesse Metcalf is definitely just like in... Pure Flix movies, I guess. Uh, he's like, what, he's one of the like one week ago. Actors. He's like, I'm excited to share for us to look at my new movie, On a Wing and a Prayer, an extraordinary true story of faith and survival. Yeah, I guess. Um, but then actually, the person who plays Ooh. the person who plays Amy, I looked at her Instagram a little bit ago, and she definitely like cusses in her post. So yeah, and like I will probably, also say, as a former um, actor, yeah, Trisha Lepage looks movies, like she's definitely um, not cast that kind of non-union. Um, they hold these massive auditions. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people who aren't necessarily Christian are like, mm-hmm. they don't know what they're getting into or they're like, I just need a screen mm-hmm. credit. Like I need like a screen credit because that's pretty you big to be cast into? in like a feature film like that. Mm-hmm. Well, actually I, I watched something that, wait, I don't know if it was actually huh. Big Joel or some other YouTuber. They talked about how they actually did some of the composition huh. for interesting for the movie. I remember when and, I like was um, like right before I kind of left acting as I'm like scrolling because like on the job websites you go through and like you apply yeah. for which jobs you would want to audition for. And they were holding auditions for God's Not Dead 4. Um and again, it was like mm-hmm. on all of the casting websites and they're not religious mm-hmm. casting websites or anything like that. So I can imagine like, again, oh, if someone wow. is like. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, especially in terms of like exactly. being extra. Yeah, like extras or even like little bit parts here and there for some people that's like their way of getting like a union like their way of getting a union card or that'll like give them they'll get like massive residuals from a movie like that it's so that's always very interesting Mm. it's like okay like they're really they're not like they don't exclusively Mm -hmm. cast christians but they're definitely putting them Mm -hmm. into the more like leading roles of the films So, yeah, and all the guys not done movies are sort of showing um, how Christians are being persecuted in every aspect of society. And so the first one, yeah, so the first one is like in colleges, they're they're, they're attacking college students. They're making sure that they're brainwashed to be liberal and and atheist. And then the second one is a church gets burnt down. They're going to get in trouble if they say the word Jesus. And then the third one, I actually don't quite know as much about the. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, and like, um, yeah, it's like, can can this yeah, because it was a secular pastor still like, like a, have this church on the property? Which is, I think is which the, it's like the yes, issue on the, USC on the has a massive property. church on their um, campus. Um, yes, yes, you can um, and then have a church the, on your campus. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and I think I was watching a video regarding God's Not Dead Two Electric Boogaloo, where the you just can't force the lawsuit that was brought forth had zero legs to stand on um be- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Right, because she was talking about Jesus as a historical figure because a a student a student brought Jesus up. That's the thing. The, usually, like it has to do with yeah, like, like unless because like I think about in the God movie, in like school, they're talking about Martin Luther King Jr. Who was, like, unless you're talking about only like, black darling of evangelical history lesson. Um, and no. she's like he said like love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you and mm-hmm. all those sorts of things because he was a reverend and a girl says mm-hmm. you mean kind of like the teachings of jesus and the melissa joan hart teacher character is like well, yeah exactly like that like that's kind of what the bible says as well and quotes it yeah exactly and like again it's like even if the student had brought it up like it could be she tied quoted, into yeah, all she these quoted like matthew or something yeah Also, so what happens is that, like, when she says that, this other student is, like, texting his parents or something, and it's like, no fucking teenager would do that. It would never, Unless like, they were, like, had no, I mean, maybe, like, an like edgelord that, that atheist would get zero a little bit mad, but then it would never, again, it, it would never go to court. Like, a student brought it up, and even then, like, they could talk about, like um other religious figures too like ah yes this is what the prophet muhammad teach taught this was what buddha taught like this like and the thing is you know for a fact that none of those mm-hmm. would be in court if if like that was brought up it would not be in court or the christians would take mm-hmm. them to court but it doesn't matter and i think they even bring it up like kids will mm-hmm. be learning about islam in schools and if someone let in islam prayer it would it mm-hmm. wouldn't and like that's what like the evil atheist lawyer is saying and i'm like man you got a point though like if it was the opposite, the exact same thing would be happening because religious freedom in schools is only for mm-hmm. um, evangelical Christians. It's not for any other religion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, I don't know if we talked about this. So in my... In Virginia, we had what's called the moment of silence at the oh. beginning of every school day. And they mm-hmm. talked about how, like, during that minute, you can you can do anything as long as you're not bothering anyone else. And so you can meditate or you can just sit there or you can pray, that kind of thing. Um, I actually and so that was really how they allowed like for that. prayer in schools in a way that, that like, like, didn't infringe on anyone else's religious pe- It's, it's like people just... want to use that time to pray. They can, but they can also meditate. Yeah, also kind I of, do like, too. Go through, like, a checklist in their day, like... That's like a like I would be fine with that in schools, but it's like no, you have to pray to our Christian God. Um, it's like no, we're not a religious country. Like we've talked about this, sweetheart. Like we're not. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous that like, and oh, so the fourth movie, it's going, it's saying, oh my gosh, they're going after homeschooling parents. We can't do whatever the fuck we want anymore. Ah. <laughs> yes, and every trailer, it's so funny because I think at one point I watched all like three of the when all three were really the movies were released, mm-hmm. the trailers, and every single trailer plays the song God's Not Dead as loud as it can, like halfway mm-hmm. through, like, we're gonna prove that God is alive. Has like this sort of like this sort of drum beat before it, they're like God's not dead. <laughs> it's the exact same trailer. They just copy paste the format every time. Mm-hmm. At least I think I saw a parody of someone like saying like, oh, God's not dead for it's going to be about them proving that the veggie tales are real men. Like that Bob and Larry are real men. Damn it. They're not. They're like, they're men with like big dicks. And like, it's just, and like, again, they did the same thing where they have God's not dead halfway through the trailer yeah and oh yeah wait and also i remember the the gods not dead for trailer has like starting off with 
Pastor Day being like, of course, um, talking about like freedom and talking about like how, oh my god, actually, I'm just gonna watch it right now so I can like do a code or something. Recording break. So we just, so we just both watched the <laughs> the Godmother Music People trailer, and oh my god, when they said our school, our public school teaches a revisionist version of history. Like, Bitch, yeah, you're it's, teaching a revisionist version of history to your like, kids. Yeah. By also, telling them that, like, all the founding fathers were Christians, like... Yeah, and, like, also, in theory, yeah, public schools are teaching a revisionist version of history. Because I was taught that all the founding fathers were Christians. Like, we're mm-hmm. still being taught a very whitewashed version of history. Like, mm-hmm. regardless of, like, and again, it really depends on the location and the teachers yeah. and whatnot. They're going like, after critical race theory in this one. <laughs> and it's a thing of, like, you look, you are not allowed to criticize critical race theory if you cannot properly define it. Like, they're like, critical race theory. Like, half the time, they don't know what that is. They're just like, mm-hmm. it's saying that our country is bad. It's like, that's not a definition, though. That's an opinion that you mm-hmm. seem to have. But, oh, my gosh. It's also that thing where it's like, like, I'm checking on your homeschooling. And it's that thing of, yeah, maybe because your kid's like a dumbass. Like, they just want your kids to be well-educated. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm very much, there's the, I think there's the Coalition for Responsible homeschooling let me actually see that's the official um uh coalition for responsible home education um is a you know they're advocating for child-centered evidence-based policy when it comes to homeschool education yes evidence-based damn it um because (laughs) also now there's like a trend that called unschooling where basically you learn I know. Uh, basically, you learn at the child's pace. So, like, let's just say a child doesn't want to learn about math, um, but they like baking. They can learn about math through baking things. Hmm. And it's like, I mean, like, it's okay. But then, what if that ki- if that kid wants higher education, mm-hmm. but they refused to learn like algebra? They're screwed. Like, it's mm-hmm. like so many. I think there are like a lot of kids, or now they're adults and whatnot. But like a lot of kids who said, "Yeah, I was unschooled, and it messed me up." Because I had no transferable skills. I couldn't get into college. And obviously college isn't for everybody, but it's that thing of depending on the parent and who's doing the homeschooling, it really limits what um, what their kid is capable of. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, again, people are checking on these homeschool curriculums to make sure that kids are actually learning something and not just screwing around for eight hours a day. Like that's what that is. It can also often be a way to make sure that the kids are not being just straight up abused. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because there's, a, I think there's, because sometimes like parents like leave, they keep the kids at home because they don't want their own parenting tactics questioned, mm-hmm. which are usually abusive. And I don't, and like, also let it be known, like I have nothing against homeschooling if it is done properly. Like I knew a family where they homeschooled their three daughters, but allowed them to, if they wanted to go to school, they were allowed to, but they like supplemented the homeschool stuff because they wanted to be actors with like mm-hmm. dance classes and and that just gave them more time to be able to do performance-based stuff but if it's homeschooling to like keep your kids from being a part of the world or learning about the world around them or if it's done out of a place of fear in order then... to indoctrinate them like using stuff like abeka uh, or, or becca, oh, whatever becca. yeah yeah ah oh, god i remember it. we had a becca books in my private Ooh. school yeah because again we had a lot of kids that were either formally homeschooled or some kids were pulled out of school to be homeschooled. Hmm. And we also had like things called like co-ops where sometimes homeschool kiddos from the community would come mm-hmm. to our school, like for recess or for PE and they would hang mm-hmm. out with us. So they got like 
actual human interaction that just wasn't Mm -hmm. their siblings Mm -hmm. yeah that's important too like school is a place for human interaction outside of your family unit exactly and again like if your child learns best at home by all means like that's how they learn best that's awesome but like it can't just be because you want to keep them from other people who you might find unsavory because usually that's not the case it's just you're afraid of people that aren't like you and Mm -hmm. that's bullshit yeah and just like yeah so the trailer clearly shows just like some of the terrible writing and just shows like the perfect example of what an evangelical worldview tends to be these days like yeah and it's so also fear-based too like all of it is so fear-based and there's the whole constant attack constant persecution like you know the bible says perfect love casts out all fear evangelicalism is all fear like Mm -hmm. it is it is every single fear of things that could happen and things that like plausibly cannot happen like 88 percent of congress identifies as some branch of christianity um with republicans being 99 like republicans are like 99 percent. yeah so where is this like i don't even actually know exactly who this like date in the in the trailer pastor dave is talking to like the super old guy who might be a congressman question mark because it says that there's like a house committee something that's meeting about this right yeah some sort of like government official um, and it's like, where is this government official that's saying that he wants to bring down Christianity? I know, Tell again, me. <laughs> again, 88% of Congress identifies as some form of Christianity, whether it is Protestant, Catholic, mm-hmm. Orthodox, or they also include um, Mormons in that as well. And even people like, Bernie Sanders isn't trying to bring down Christianity. He's yeah. just trying to get free shit for all of us, you know? <laughs> exactly. And it's so funny, because I think that, like, AOC is some, either, like, does oh, have some Oh, she's Catholic. Form- yeah, she's Catholic. She falls under that 88%, but like she's not the right kind of um mm-hmm. Christian. So she doesn't so she become she's become like the conservative boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Which I love. No, yeah, but it's so. like <laughs> and like, oh my god. And so like David's like, how do you think you can bring down Christianity if no one else has been able to do it before you? And then he's like, Well, they didn't have an 83% approval rating. And I'm like, that is the worst fucking line I think I have ever heard. Also, an 83% approval rating is like stupid high. Mm-hmm. um that is stupid high for a congressperson even like even if the state was like all liberal like mm-hmm. for example like even in california like gavin newsom won like by a significant majority but it was like 65 35 mm-hmm. like that's not an 80 percent approval rating by all means mm-hmm. and oh yeah oh so i mentioned i think before we started watching the trailer i thought it was Pastor Dave, who started off speaking, but it's actually just straight up audio from Reagan. Like it's 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 Reagan talking in the beginning. Freaking course, it's Reagan. Like as soon as like Ronald <laughs> Reagan came up on the screen, I was like, of course, of course, they're starting with the worst president ever. <laughs> the worst president after Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson was a shitty guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. Let's see. Anything else to say about the God's Not Dead franchise? I don't know. Um, so what's interesting? I think the I think the third movie was like not even written by like an evangelical, and it actually had a more nuanced perspective, is what I've heard. That's what I've been but, told too. Like it wasn't as, um, yeah, like it wasn't as like propaganda e as the other ones. It was still propaganda, but it wasn't as like heavy handed with it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it looks like they're going right back to it if that trailer mm-hmm. for the fourth movie is to be believed. Oh, yeah. At some point, I'll watch the God's Not Dead movies. I need to be wicked intoxicated, though, before <laughs> I do mm-hmm. that. 
Yeah, I did find, um, in case anyone's interested, there is a bootleg, <laughs> like, God's Not Dead 3 on YouTube. Probably gonna watch it at yes. some point. Yes. Um, looks like it's it's only available in like 320p, but <laughs> okay, watch it before it's taken down by Pure Flix. Like, don't get well. It's been only for like a year, money. honestly. Oh, okay. um, Good to know. Yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, I'm not wondering how we could watch like God's Not Dead one, two, and four without giving Pure Flix money, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um. So the left behind movies going into those more. So I didn't, I have, so at this point I've actually only seen one left behind movie, the one from 2014, which, um, yeah. So apparently this guy who's like the, he's the, he's the person behind it. I forget whether it's like director or producer, writer, whatever, but he Uh got all the, he got the rights to all the books and he's going to apparently make like a seven movie series. So far there are two out Okay. Um, the one in 2014 and the one that was just released this year, Rise of the Antichrist. Um, and so it takes place, so yeah, it takes place like after the rapture, the second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it has, yeah, I guess the rise of Nikolai Carpathia. How did they come up with the name? Do you know? Carpathia. Like, I feel like Carpathians, they're like a mountain, it doesn't matter, but Carpathians, I think, are like a mountain range in. Mm-hmm europe asia like that area mm-hmm. so maybe there's like influence from that like kind and of the like, seven mountains of influence yeah, that kind yeah of there's thing. like asia minor influence in there for sure um mm-hmm. but who knows they could have also thought the name was cool um <laughs> it could have been a combination yeah and apparently there's like I, I watched the trailer a little bit and they're trying to like say that the what happened wasn't the rapture it was just like this weird vanishing thing and like the I, I think it definitely had an angle of like the the mainstream media is telling us lies about this thing like, which like look I I don't think the mainstream media could possibly come up with like an actual excuse that would say like oh yes a bunch of people went missing all of a sudden and their clothes were like as the movie would imply, left behind. Like, there's no way, like, there's no explaining out of that. Yeah. Um, I know, yeah, there was also, like, hints of, like, there was this, like, you know, payment system. I think that's what the, that's what the movie was oh, going with. The... Oh, you mean um the payment chips and barcodes that are, like, that are going, it's the mark of the beast. Yeah, yeah, they were taught, like, that sort of thing came up, yeah. So... Yeah, I guess, like, Christian it's, media is definitely, it's always, like, pushing a very specific agenda, a very specific message, whereas, like, actual, like, art, I would say, isn't necessarily trying to, like, do that. Exactly, and it doesn't make it, and I, clearly Christians don't care about universal appeal. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I was even This is watching... for believers, clearly. This isn't trying to evangelize. I mean, they say it is, but it's not. Like Exactly. Like, I was even watching a video about, like, what was it, like, Ben Shapiro's like media company, The Daily Wire, they're opening their own streaming service and watching like an announcement oh of the content what? that's on it. What? Yeah, oh it's called God. like it's called Daily Wire Plus because they're very creative over at Daily Wire. They're talking about the media and analyzing the media that's being offered. And similarly to Christian media, it's not meant to bring people over to your side. It is meant for people that have already taken the bait hook, line, and sinker. It is not meant for someone who is centrist and maybe wants to hear another perspective. It is meant for people who have been consuming far right content like Ben Shapiro and PragerU and all those videos for years. Like it's not bringing in any new people. 
and similarly with Christian media as well, like Left Behind is not meant for a secular audience because it is so heavy. Unless you want to just like laugh at it, you know. That's true. <laughs> um, oh yeah, the so the Left Behind 2014 movie is available for free on Roku. Um, I didn't look up the other ones, but... Yeah, because then yeah. there are the Kirk Cameron movies that came out beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then I know that there's Left Behind books, and there's also the Left Behind children series, which I know that the YouTube channel X Fundy Diaries had been reviewing. Oh! Um, oh which I've been, I was really enjoying their videos on it. I don't know if they've uploaded another one recently, but it was like mm-hmm. kind of going into the writing style, um, because again, there is, of course, a kids edition of Left Behind about the kids who are left behind. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just so... Wait, about the kids who are... So I guess do the do the books follow the age of accountability rule or no? They're, I mean, like, they're probably like 14, like they're teenagers, I guess. They're not like little oh, kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're like 14, 15, 16. Um, but yeah, similarly, it's kind of like looking at the four perspectives of these kids who are left behind mm-hmm. and like one thing that um x Fundy diaries points out is that every character there are three there are four characters three of the characters are white and they have a lot of descriptions and descriptors of them the fourth character is black that's the only description he gets mm-hmm. everything about him has to do with some sort of black culture like he has a grandmother that went to a gospel church he is black that is it every other character gets like a super detailed description oh, and a very oh. detailed backstory fourth character's black that's it so it's like yeah, also in, that in the god's net dad that. movies the token black friend of the pastor is from africa i don't even know if it says his country uh, yeah <laughs> clearly like it doesn't matter nearly he's a goofy wise dude is like you know yeah he's the, sort of, yeah <sighs> Yeah, he's like the African pastor that comes to like visit your church from wherever his country is. That's already probably pretty majority Christian, anyways. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. Which again, mission trips are something we could talk about on another day. But <laughs> we have before we talked about that in one of our episodes. But this is true. Yeah. This is true. Um. So, anyways, let's talk about movies that approach religion in a more nuanced way that aren't trying to like evangelize to you, but just trying to like show someone's life someone's faith um that kind of thing or trying to like i mean in the case of uh the movie saved (laughs) trying to point out the bullshit trying to point out the hypocrisy that kind of i still need to see saved i have not seen it i've only seen the one clip where the girl throws the bible at the other girl um that's the only um, scene i've seen from it i would love to see that movie at some point though it was it was really it was fun you know um and it was just it also like <laughs> sort of showed the you know when you when you aren't told about where babies come from when you decide to have sex with your, with your boyfriend to make him less gay you're probably gonna get pregnant <laughs> oh my gosh it's just like i mean not exactly like but it's just like the musical spring awakening because like they're the whole thing is like a baby the only thing they tell the children is like a baby can only be made if you love someone very 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 much um and then like one of the two of the main characters have sex and then the main girl gets pregnant and she doesn't understand how it happened Mm -hmm. um so it's like same thing uh you know teach your kids about this see this is what happens if we let parents homeschool their kids Mm -hmm. this is what happens um well they go to so they go to a um a private christian school called american eagles <laughs> of course they do of course they do of course <laughs> it has like some like really like militaristic american name 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, um, yeah, I mean, it, basically, it has the main character going through this journey of like seeing like that this culture that she grew up in might not be right about everything, you know, like they, yeah, and she, she decides even that she she's gonna keep the kid and such so yeah Yeah. one movie similarly I would say like is the movie Easy A there's like a lot of like religious shame in that movie like Mm -hmm. Amanda Bynes plays like the Christian club president and just slut shames Emma Stone's Mm -hmm. character the entire film and you know it's actually I mean the point is that she actually hasn't necessarily slept with all these guys right yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah it's like she get like they pay her to make people mm-hmm. think that they lost their virginity and the guys are all celebrated and she's the one that's called a slut. And then at one mm-hmm. point, like one of the members of the Christian club confesses that he has chlamydia. Um, and it's cause oh, I hesitate to say this cause I'll, I'm going to say it was made in a different time and we, mm-hmm. uh, this was not, this is still not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Now one of the members from the Christian club has had an affair with one of the school counselors and mm-hmm. she has, it's found out that she has chlamydia because she, you know, had sex with this student. And again, um, the Emma Stone's character is willing to take the fall for it and say that she's like, yeah, I'll say I have chlamydia. It's okay. Um, And again, the boy is given no shame. He's sent off to like be rehabilitated on like, you know, the family ranch. And then like everyone's treating her awful. We don't have to include this in the episode, but there's a fifth God's Not Dead that is coming out this year called god's wait, not dead actually wait because so i saw something and i was like wait that trailer isn't real so wait mm-hmm. it's like, called god's not dead. dead rise up the premise will follow reverend dave as he runs for office in a campaign against an opponent that seeks to remove religion from public policy and the reverend begins to question is god dead in american politics wait let me see so i where are you i just that? i just found it on wikipedia Oh, okay. Yeah, wait. So God's Not Dead Rise Up is set to premiere in 2023. Okay, this is an actual article. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I think I saw a thing that was like a trailer that wasn't, like it was just a fake trailer that was created for it, but huh. So, okay. So it's going to be, oh my God, it's going to be Reverend Dave running for office. Yep. <laughs> God, what a nice. He's like, I'll cast myself because he's been in every single movie. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah of course um no yeah we can definitely include that so yeah i guess we just looked it up there's a god's not dead five movie that's going to come out with that has pastor dave running for office so mm-hmm. you know talk about centering yourself uh <laughs> oh my god again it's there every it is all fear it is all about like they're gonna take god out of america and it's like second amendment actually prohibits that it also prohibits you from forcing me to believe what you do but Y'all don't seem to pay attention to that. Um, let's see. So yeah, I guess we yeah we've sort of unless you have anything else you want to talk about, we can start to talk um, about. Oh yeah, no, we yeah, no. saved. Right, we were talking about saved. Yeah, saved in easy A. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it and like. Um. Oh yeah, it showed that in the end, the um, the main character's former boyfriend who was gay has found himself a boyfriend so that was fun to see the gay rights yes and again i think same thing happens in easy a where it's like the first character who she supposedly takes his virginity um he asks her to do it because he's like i don't want people to think i'm gay and so that's what happens and then 
um, at the end of the movie. She's like, I was wondering what happened to him. And then like Lelaine, who played Miranda on Lizzie McGuire, comes in, has one line that describes like, oh my gosh, did you hear about so-and-so? He met this guy and now they're like, and now they're together and like all these things happen. And it's like, oh wow, that wraps up that story line. Mm-hmm. But the same thing happens. Um, yeah, gay rights, love is love. Yes. Um, let's see, thinking about the other... What movies did I? I'm thinking about like what movies did I watch this week? Well, I mean, so we're partially the sort of like thing that kicked off this episode idea was this uh, BuzzFeed article, best films mm-hmm. about religious trauma. Yeah, and um, it does go into um, trauma regarding other religions as well. But again, we're only we're way more comfortable to speak on the Christianity aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, though, what do you I think, have you have you seen the Netflix miniseries Unorthodox? I have not, no. Ooh, it's pretty good. It follows the story that's like loosely based on real events of this mm-hmm. woman growing up in a Hasidic Jewish community, which I've learned, oh. I've learned I've learned a lot more about Hasidic Judaism um since my class this semester has a large yeah. focus on the Hebrew Bible. Um oh, and okay. this um this book, The Grammar of God by Avia Kushner, um she did she wasn't Hasidic but she grew up around a lot of Hasidic Jewish communities in New Jersey mm-hmm. um and so she sort of talked about some of her experience with that like I didn't realize that Hasidic Jewish women shave their heads and then they either wear like a head scarf or a wig like after they're married like uh, yeah so after they're married yeah, they yeah, shave yeah. their heads and then they either wear a wig or a headscarf for the rest of like their life in public Interesting, because I know that's like similar in Orthodox Judaism as well, where women mm-hmm. will cover their hair. Um, I don't know about the head shaving part, but I do follow an Orthodox Jewish woman on TikTok mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. awesome. She's so cool. Um, but she kind of educates about Orthodox Judaism and like she'll show like what her wig care looks like and how like mm-hmm. and like other aspects of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, and I know that in some Jewish circles, Hasidic Judaism is considered to be more of a cult. Like it's kind of. Yeah. I mean, it feels a lot more from what I looked at, it it seems a bit insular, especially when it comes to, I was looking what's interesting is that like um, there's, they're looking into the education that goes on at Hasidic schools because often girls are undereducated and also men are even sometimes undereducated because they're basically like just learning about religion and not really about like any skills that would be able to get them a job or an education outside of that community yeah and I guess it's like also similar to other Christian communities and I mentioned that because it's like if anyone uses that as any sort of anti-semitism there's no room for anti-semitism on this Mm -hmm. podcast um but you know we see that in a lot of other religious communities as well like you see that with the Amish and Mennonite Mm -hmm. communities where like girls aren't really educated beyond Mm -hmm. middle school like because there's at that point it's like if you're staying within the community there's no point um, yeah, you're just gonna, you know, have the skills of the the cooking and the, you know, the simple sort of life that they... Yeah, have. and, like, you kind of work in, like, a specific trade. And I know that a lot of times in um, Jehovah's Witnesses, that's the same for men. Like, they'll typically work as, um, like, construction workers or plumbers. Like, something that will require, like, a Votech education, but mm-hmm. nothing really beyond that. Because it's, like, why, you know, why waste that time in school? Because, like, the... Armageddon is coming like that's kind mm-hmm. of the case mm-hmm. no, um, yeah. but I know that you did watch um or I think you had mentioned that you were going to watch Going Clear uh 
Scientology. Oh, I watched you? part of it. Okay. Then when you so then when you said we could maybe just do an episode on cults, I was like, I might save that for when we're just doing the episode on cults. Good to so, know. Okay, but yes, we'll talk yeah. about that then. At that I point, mean, yeah, yeah. It's just you know when it comes, and I guess that also like isn't. I feel like we're talking a lot about like more fictional stuff, and that's that's a documentary. But yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, we'll talk about that one another day. Um, but even kind of looking through there's eyes of tammy faye which was yes i i really liked that like jessica chastain great job she got she got an academy award for that right she got best actress and she deserved Mm -hmm. the hell out of that award um because it's oh gosh it's such a good movie uh also tammy faye is my home girl um i would like to thank jen from funny fridays for educating me more on her and how she became an icon in the queer community um Mm because she was very much standing up for the right. And if anyone's bringing up how she, I mean, how she was, you know, involved in like the, the sort of money scams and laundering and shit that she was involved with, with her husband. I think that like, I think it was mostly her husband. Like she she had a hand in it, but she didn't necessarily always understand what was going on is what I sort of got from. from from, I haven't watched the documentary, which would probably be maybe a little bit more truthful and less sensationalized like the movie, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, and again, like keeping in mind how, especially in those evangelical, like televangelist circles, like women are the dutiful housewife. Like mm-hmm. they, and obviously like Tammy Faye was way more than that, but it's like, you're not really privy to a, maybe a lot more of the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, love that. Love that movie so much. Love Tammy Faye Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I know there's like, there's going to be a podcast launching with Jay Baker and a couple other people called like the St. <gasps> Tammy podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I did also love at the, I think the premiere of um, Eyes of Tammy Faye, one Jessica Chastain brought Steve Peters as her date to like the premiere. And Steve Peters was the gentleman who Tammy Faye had on who oh, yeah, was the, dying of AIDS. Has, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she was, that's really sweet. Like he, she brought him as um, her date to the premiere. And also I loved that Jay Baker posted a photo of diet Coke in front of the step and repeat as like a sim- mm-hmm. symbol of his mom. Cause she mm-hmm. like the one thing that like, I think she mentioned in the movie is like, she was addicted to diet Coke. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a picture of that in front of like the step, like the step and repeat where people take the photos and everything. Like that's really, sweet. yeah. And in terms of talking about, so yeah, this BuzzFeed article that talks about the best films about religious trauma, you know, she, she experienced like in this life, she being a televangelist wife, she ended up turning to a lot of drugs and she, and like a lot she, of like plastic surgery and everything mm-hmm. like that. Too. Yeah. A lot yeah. of like, yeah. Body image issues, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and like she's never shied away from it either. Like I think mm-hmm. even in an interview that she she's did, got the Dolly Parton vibes, you know. She definitely know. has the Dolly. She definitely has the Dolly Parton vibes. Like she's very much a character. Um, mm-hmm. and like one thing she even brings up where she's like, "Yeah, like I just feel better with it. Like I feel better having the surgeries. That's like I feel better. This is how I feel my best." And mm-hmm. like I can't knock that. Like that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Um, another movie that's on this list regarding religious trauma which is very interesting because I feel like I hadn't even thought about this was the crucible mm-hmm. um did you ever have to read the crucible in school I yes and I did watch the movie but that was in ninth grade so literally gotcha. a decade ago <laughs> gotcha um I think it's very um first of all I love the crucible and it's 
if you have not read it or seen the movie, it is an allegory for the um, Red Scare back in the 1950s and McCarthyism, but told through the Salem Witch Trials. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, kind of, first of all, kind of reiterates the fact that the pilgrims were jerks to each Mm -hmm. other, not just like the indigenous communities, but they were jerks to each other. um, And they were (laughs) to women, specifically to women. Um, And it's, and again, it kind of denies the fact that women can have that sort of divine power and like not even them like being accused of witchcraft or anything like that. But it's just, it, it's like, it's the mob mentality of like, we have to destroy this thing before it destroys our faith. And mm-hmm. when it really has no effect on any of that. Mm-hmm. Like I even read, I think I read about um, Annie Hutchinson, who was, very early on, like was part of one of the original Puritan communities. And she was kicked out of the community because she had an experience with God. She was a woman mm-hmm. and she could not, she was not allowed to have a spiritual experience with oh God. My God. And she was kicked out and she defended it. She's like, Nope, I had, I had an, ex- I had a divine experience and I can't mm-hmm. explain it, but I had this divine experience. And they were like, Oh, rich. And they kicked her out. Hmm. Wow. That's gross. I know. Yeah, I guess I was, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it was interesting that, like, we were, like, reading The Crucible, watching the movie while I was, like, very much, like, peak evangelical Christian at that point. I know, me too. (laughs) And it was just like, oh, man, they were crazy back then. Good thing we got over that now. (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah. Um, And then another film on the list, uh, Boy Erased. I I really liked Boy Erased. I I have not seen that movie. Um... Yeah, it has um, one of the guys in, like, the ex-gay program is played by Troy Sivan. Oh, you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Singer Troy Sivan, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it very much shows, like, the sort of the sort of tactics of um, ex-gay ministry, particularly, like, for men. Well, there was also actually a lesbian in the ministry as well. But um, you have to write down, like, the sins of your... Yeah, yeah, I think you have to like catalog like the sins of your family to be like, well, why why were you born yet <laughs> or why do you have this? Yeah. Thing? Um and similar to that movie is But I'm a Cheerleader, which yes. is from the um, Which is not more I should say that the tones are very different, the two movies, you know. Um yes. But I'm a Cheerleader is a comedy and I should it's say very campy. although I although I enjoyed it, there's this um person I follow on Instagram who actually has been through an ex-gay program and she was like how dare they joke about conversion therapies that, mm. so I just want to have that like take me in there but um, yeah for sure I, and, like, I never went through that either um mm-hmm. but I also am a firm believer that sometimes we have to laugh at that trauma because it kind of mm-hmm. takes the it takes the power away from it yeah it shows how ridiculous the sort of like the tactics are that like you know by by being super duper manly you can be not gay or by doing super super feminine you can be not a lesbian yeah and and the thing is i can understand both um i can understand both sides to that like like Mm -hmm. let's not joke about this very real thing that has traumatized and harmed so many people but i also think that like sometimes you have to make you have to make fun of it. You have to make mm-hmm. the fun of it so hard that it becomes ridiculous to everyone else. Yeah. Um, it's kind of it's also why like Mel Brooks was so good at satire. Like mm-hmm. he made he made the producers. The producers is about how these two people put on a musical called Springtime for Hitler, hoping it will mm-hmm. fail, and it works because one, Mel Brooks is a Jewish man, but two, you don't see people cosplaying as Hitler from uh, spring from 
springtime for Hitler. It takes the piss out of him. It takes the, it makes him this absolute freaking goofball, like very similar, I guess, to the movie Jojo Rabbit, which has Mm -hmm. Hitler jumping around and like eating unicorn heads and stuff. Like it's, again, taking, taking the piss out of one of history's greatest monsters. And I think Mm -hmm. it can only really be done in a specific way. It's not glorifying anything, but it's like definitely in, but I'm a cheerleader, like conversion therapy is in no way being glorified I think mm-hmm. but again I think it's no, yeah. really just it's... taking the piss out of it also I love that RuPaul is in that movie <laughs> yeah wait is he the is he the one of the, like the male tra- trainers yeah he's or... well, he's the male he's the male he's the male coach yeah which I think is so funny and then and in the I... end obviously both of the coaches are like gay right or is the is the woman gay or I don't think the woman's gay but her son absolutely is like at one point mm-hmm. he comes out mm-hmm. with like a like an alcoholic drink and has a straw in it and he's like men don't sip they like it like there was like you like you shouldn't be drinking that with a straw which again is like some hyper masculine like Mm -hmm. bs like men don't sip um so it's very much implied that he and the um other the rupaul coach have a thing um Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's, it's, it's a funny movie. Also, Speaking of RuPaul, the, the documentary Eyes of Tammy Faye is narrated by RuPaul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think I saw that documentary on one of those free streaming sites. I don't remember which one, but mm-hmm. I think if you Google it, I'm sure you can, you can find it. it. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's pretty easy to find. Um, and then I guess to go to something a little bit more traumatic, it is a documentary, but um, Jesus Camp. Mm-hmm. oh yeah. god i saw that movie in college um when i was still very evangelical and it disturbed me then i don't know if i can mm-hmm. ever i don't know if i can ever watch it again um because it's like i'm curious does it does it portray it in a positive or negative light the documentary itself i'd say it it gives a very real pers- did you have you seen it no i'm going to but okay it gives a very real perspective it is following these kids who are being trained up to be warriors for Christ. And this was a movie made in like during the Bush, one of the Bush um, administrations. Um, And it's about these kids who go to this camp and they're taught that they need to be warriors for God. And they're like speaking in tongues and they're crying. And a lot of these people are like less than 10, right? There's not even as many teenagers. They're they're all children. They're all children. And again, like some of the rhetoric where it's like they're homeschooled and one girl like goes and proselytizes to people at a bowling alley. Like God told me to give you this pamphlet. And it just like hit me because I knew so many people like that didn't have a speaking Mm -hmm. in tongues, like fainting experience in church, but the indoctrination aspect of it was so... Mm-hmm. so familiar and then like at one point they all like there's like a cardboard cut out of George Bush and they all like reach their hands out to pray over him oh god um which we absolutely not that extreme but we absolutely would pray like for that George Bush would make wise decisions being a Christian president um and so it's again a lot of that also um um in- oh, I forgot what his first name is Bill Ingle I think Ingle, the, the guy from IHOP, um, who he's very pro-life and he like oh, gives- say International House of Prayer, not yes. the restaurant. <laughs> not the restaurant. <laughs> when you're a Christian, IHOP can mean two things. Um, <laughs> it's like the manager at the IHOP. Um, but like one thing he does is he gives out red 
duct tape that says life on them. And I know a lot of kids in my high school that had that to indicate they were pro-life and is telling these kids about abortion and going into, you know, really unscientific, but graphic detail on what abortion Mm. is and gives these kids life duct tape to wear over their mouths. And again, I think I've mentioned this on a previous episode before, but he had kids. Like I went to school with his kids for a couple of years Mm. and I saw him and I saw the last name in this documentary. Like, wow, he's really familiar. I wonder. And one thing I remembered is he would very vigorously rock back and forth while he prayed. And so he, like mm-hmm. I just remember watching that as a kid and then I saw in the documentary I was like oh my god it's the same guy oh, and then watching wow. Jen's video about IHOP and hearing how freaking atrocious his views are I'm like I I went to school with this, like I knew him kind of like I went to school with his kids mm-hmm. like I was friends with some of his kids like that's bizarre to me and mm-hmm. yeah it's and so like with that kind of real life application on top of everything that Jesus Camp has, it's very hard for me to watch still. Um, so I think that was like one of the first things I saw that kind of dove into that sort of trauma that can be inflicted. Mm-hmm. But yes, would highly recommend if you have not um, seen it. And it's now I think more um, relevant than ever, especially because we have, so much like shitty legislation coming from evangelicals it's like this is this has been in the process for a long time these like building up an army for god onward christian soldiers like this has been in process for a very long time arguably before i was born too it's just yeah i was you mentioned the insurrection right i was like i was shocked when it happened but not necessarily even like surprised because it was just like this is this is what they worked for Exactly. I was shocked that it went as far as it did. But also, this is exactly what this is the indoctrination and the fear that is that has been preached for so many years. And all of it is unfounded. Mm-hmm. And of course, like seeing that and having watched us go through an entire summer of Black Lives Matter protesters being gassed and shot at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing these people being literally let into the Capitol building was just... Mm-hmm. really just really infuriating mm-hmm. um so the first movie on this buzzfeed list is something that i i think did they have it streaming for i think they had it streaming for free online for a little bit um or maybe i did pay but it was worth it um 1946 the mistranslation that shifted a culture i still need to um, see it yeah i don't know it says release forthcoming um but i i really I really enjoyed it. You know, a very good scholarship behind it. Kathy Baldock. um, And um, just showing like how she was actually able to find like the document where like the translation, you know, why the translation was made. And, and she was able to find the one person who like sort of sent a letter to these translators being like, I think you made a mistake. Um, And the thing is they don't care. (laughs) Like, yeah. they do not care. Um, you could tell any Christian, like, hey, like, just so you know, this is a mistranslation. And they'll say, that's just the devil tricking you. And it's like... And, yeah, what's interesting is that, I mean, technically, like, the the translation was made, um, the version isn't, like, it wasn't an evangelically motivated version. It was mm-hmm. just, like, you know, the time, the way that homosexuality was used um, as more of, like, at the time, I guess, like, a medical 
I mean, it was in it was in the DSM, right? So yeah, like it was considered a sexual or mental disorder for a very very long time, and now I and think yet even when like the the NIV was created, when homosexuality didn't necessarily even mean that anymore, they still decided to go for that translation. It was um, I was used to humanize an entire community, and we're still seeing the repercussions to this very day. Um, and again, I think. Um, I feel like, and this is just my opinion, that movie is not made for people who are deep in the throes of evangelicalism. They're not going to believe it. They're going to say that the devil is tricking you and that the devil, this is like lukewarm Christianity at best. I think that this movie is one for queer Christians, um, mm-hmm. for queer people. I also think it's a good movie for allies because then they have context. Um, and for they, people who actually, I would say, are like non-religious but want to understand how the hell this all happened. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, I also, yeah. And I think it's important for Christians who maybe don't know where they stand on LGBTQ issues. I think it's very important for them to watch this. Cause if it's that thing of like, I want to love gay people, I want to accept gay people and trans people, but I don't know if I can because of what I was taught. I think this is the movie that they need to see. Carrie, I was surprised to see on this list, but then I was like, oh yeah, the mom's like a religious nut. Yeah. I have not seen Carrie. I know what happens in it. I know, you know, the pig's blood and everything. Like, I know what happens in it, but it's absolutely, like, the mom is nuts and demonizes her daughter for... For having her period. For having her period. That's the thing that kind of kicks off the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And ha- is, like, making her, like, you need to repent for this and, like, repent for her burgeoning. Yeah, I, I've i seen on YouTube, I believe there's a there's a video of the production of uh, carry the musical which has like you know has like some scenes some songs that bring in religious language and like this mom listens to the religious radio station that kind of thing so gotcha it's yeah and I think that aspect is kind of ignored because it's an excellent horror film um mm-hmm. but I think the religious aspect is sometimes kind of ignored and I think it's important to bring that up as well mm-hmm. And seeing how um, women slash people that can get pregnant bodies are being policed by people who not do not know a damn thing about science, obviously. Um, I think these are, again, it's important to kind of see it through that lens as well. Um, one of the movies on this list is Philomena, which I just started watching a little bit of this morning, but did not uh-huh. get to really finish. But I, I initially heard about it when I was going through my journey of reading every single blog post by Rachel Held Evans. And she she posted about um, how, like, amidst the sort of lots of faith-related films that year with God's Not Dead and Heaven Is For Real, she thought that Philomena portrayed a much more realistic faith, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, in the characters, there's this, like, staunch sort of Catholic woman and then this um, atheist journalist who's following her story of trying to find her long lost son who she had to um give away because she was a pregnant teenager who was sent to like a, a convent oh. um that sort of situation yeah mm-hmm. um and um you know neither the the you know the catholic woman or the atheist are to quote sort of paraphrase rachel neither characters portrayed one dimensionally both are imperfect sympathetic complicated and surprising unlike mm-hmm. god is not dead where the atheist professor is portrayed as a blindly intestinate as blindly antagonistic toward people of faith. Martin's frustrations with the religion are reasonable and relatable, especially given the circumstances. And I found myself nodding along as he urged Philomena to confront the evil done to her by the church. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I like that. It, again, I think that nuance is so important and it's not, it's never, it's never ever seen in Christian media. So I'm glad that non-Christian media is able to kind of put that nuance. And speaking of movies with no um, nuance, uh, there is the new movie about Lonnie Frisbee and Greg Laurie and uh, Greg Laurie. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting what the name of the movie is. Jesus Revolution. Sorry. I was um yeah jesus revolution so what's interesting is that i kind of like i was going down this sort of instagram rabbit hole i guess you could say because at first i was just for some reason like randomly like oh i wonder what for king and country's up to the christian band um uh-huh. I, don't, I i don't think they're affirming us but um I, 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 don't think they're affir- I don't think they're affirming but they've never they're done not, anything not about right. Homophobic, though. right yeah, yeah so. they've also worked with dolly parton and i feel like mm-hmm. in my yeah. opinion Dolly wouldn't work with people who are shitty. Um, mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. I am kind of willing to have sort of like turn a blind eye to their lack of um, mm-hmm. like clarity yeah. on any of it. Yeah, like I'm willing to. Yeah, so I saw that they posted about um, this. Sorry, I'm taking you down the rabbit hole with me. So I saw yes. that they had posted about The Chosen season three coming out, which is like the first crowdfunded like um tv show about the life of jesus like and it's trying to do like a full really like following all the stories of the gospels that kind of thing huh. and so um i was just curious i looked it up on facebook and then i look looked up the actor because at first i was like is this a white man playing jesus and it is um oh, no jonathan, jonathan rumi and jonathan rumi also plays lonnie in the jesus revolution movie Ugh. okay and, and so I and I saw so I saw it first. I was like when I was looking on Jonathan Ruby's page, I saw this thing like the little trailer of Jesus Revolution, and I looked at him like he's playing Lonnie Frisbee. They're doing something. Uh, they're doing a movie about Lonnie Frisbee. I was like at first I was excited, you know, because I was like, oh my gosh, like is this actually going to be something that shows who he really is? Is this going to help like increase his relevance in his, the history of the evangelical church? Because I think it's really important. Um, and then, you know, looking into it just even a little bit more, a cursory search shows that it's funded by Greg Laurie because he wrote, he wrote a he wrote a his own little memoir about it. You know, this is just like a vanity film to prop himself up. Yeah. And he needed Lonnie the Prophet to prop himself up. Yes. Um, I also want to say my experience in finding this movie was my partner and I uh, were looking to go see the movie Cocaine Bear, which if you have not seen it. It is big and stupid, and it was everything that I paid for, and I loved it. Um, and I see this movie come up um, called Jesus Revolution, and I'm like, oh, it's about Calvin. Oh, Temple. the trailer? Wait, the trailer yeah. was shown for, or? Oh, no, it wasn't shown. Like, like, we're looking at movie times, and I saw that it was, like, oh, okay. playing somewhere. It's like, oh, my God, they're making a movie about Lonnie Frisbee. That's amazing. And I'm, like, looking through, and I'm telling my partner all about the history of, like, I'm going on. For lack of better phrasing, I'm going in on an autistic rant about Lonnie Frisbee and mm-hmm. Galvary at Chapel. Like, he was erased from church history, and I'm going into it. And um, all of a sudden, I look, and I see, I'm like, oh, one of the actors is Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer is a massive Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. I saw that, too. I immediately looked it up. I was like, who's playing Chuck Smith? <laughs> no, it's just like I saw his name, and, like, you know, like, I still enjoy the show, Frasier. But, like, Kelsey Grammer is a massive Trump supporter. I'm like okay I'm a little bit um skeptical but like okay I'll keep looking at him like seeing okay it's a seems to be a, a fluff piece about Greg Laurie um mm-hmm. oh no I don't think that this is going to be the movie that I hope it's going to be yeah um, it definitely doesn't then, show that Lonnie's gay <laughs> exactly and then I 
click on the directors who are the Irwin brothers, um, Andrew and John Irwin, and I look at the other movies that they've directed, which are basically all, um, you know, all Christian cinema. So, like, I still believe the Jesus music. I can only imagine mm-hmm. um, all all of those movies, like all of those movies, and it's that's who it's being funded by. Um, and again, being funded by Greg Laurie as well. And I was like, damn it. Like, it's not even, Mm -hmm. it's not the actual story. Like, this is a, Mm -hmm. this is a fluff piece. I hate it. Um, And keep in mind, all of this research happened in about five minutes, including me telling my girlfriend all about Lonnie Very easy to see. I was like, like, damn it, no. Um, And then, of course, all of, like, the. The I think it's trying to, like, not be that that was some of its marketing. Like, I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's a Lionsgate film, which Lionsgate is not explicitly a christian company no it's not it's a it's a major picture it's a major it's a picture company it's a it's a major movie studio Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what threw me off and i'm -hmm. I'm so disappointed like it's also that thing where i'm like hey uh directors who don't work for christian media organizations please make a movie about lonnie frisbee like i think that this i know please show how like i mean you know because we have to i mean lonnie's story is a story about like you know experiencing trauma and and you know having to deal with like your sexuality and then like being in this environment where you're propped up as like a hero hero and a leader but then as soon as they find out you're gay you're gone exactly and he died of aids like um so it's like and that was already like the big christian boogeyman and at his at his funeral chuck smith said that Lonnie was a Samson-like figure because of his shortcoming as he couldn't live up to his true potential. And he's like, he fucking kickstarted your church. Calvary Chapel would not exist without Lenny Frisbee. Exactly. Like, and it's that thing too of like, I feel like it was like he saw Jesus like while on a trip. Like that's kind of how he ended up. Yeah, starting. he's like, God, if you're really real, reveal yourself to me. And then he like sort of had this vision of him baptizing people. Yeah. So, and it's like, and again, it even also kind of goes into the notion of like God can be found among the most unassuming of people mm-hmm. like uh, a gay man who again saw jesus on a trip um and eventually died of aids that was who started one of the biggest evangelical megachurches in the country that's who started that church and i think that's so important com- because like when yeah. i when i found out about him i was like oh my god i can c- claim queerness in my own faith tradition like yeah and it's but again he's been completely erased from from that church's history um from I, both the, from calvary chapel veneered and well kind of from harvest i guess i think harvest is greg laurie's church movement and like yeah i mean basically you know the story is that he was this the, the thing that you see in jesus revolution this sort of like sanitized version of lonnie yeah and again uh, on the wikipedia page frisbee's unofficial evangelism career began as part of a soul-searching lsd acid trip mm-hmm. as part of a regular turn on tune in drop out session of getting high he would often read the bible while tripping on one pilgrimage with his friend um friends to Tequitz canyon which is in california outside palm springs instead of looking to meeting and again in the mysticism and the occult frisbee started reading the gospel of john to a group eventually leading the group um to the falls and baptizing them and then a later acid trip uh, in the same area produced a vision of vast DFC of people crying out um, to the Lord for salvation. So, like, again, it's that thing of God can be found in the most mm-hmm. unassuming of people and in the most unassuming of places. Moving. The, spirit, the spirit does not um, choose the people who are seen as, like, number one Christian. Like, it's, mm-hmm. 
is Lonnie Frisbee. Um, and it's unfortunate that he's been completely erased from church history. And I know that there is a documentary about him called... But that, unfortunately, is also from a non-affirming perspective. Like, it shows that he's gay, <laughs> but it says that that's, like, a issue. Like, Son of a uh, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah, I know. Uh, hey, major motion p- picture studios, um, this is Reclaiming the Garden here. Please make an actually good Lonnie Frisbee movie. And one that's accurate. One that does not demonize his queerness. Like, mm-hmm. please. Because his story is a very interesting one, and I think it deserves to be told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like Lonnie Frisbee is definitely like autistic special interest of mine. So. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's understandable why he led a very um, incredible and fascinating life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I guess neither of us are going to go see Jesus. <laughs> revolution or at least we'll wait till we can get it for free somewhere yeah yeah i'm not gonna pay any fucking money to see that propaganda no Um, no thank you um yeah unless you have any other sort of movies coming to your head i don't Um, think so i think that was about it and again um we'll uh link this article that we found so if you are interested in watching movies about religious trauma i know that other movies on there include the whale which is the newest uh movie with brandon fraser love that man so much there's the movie spotlight which is about the catholic church there's the documentary paris is burning which i wanted to watch but i could only, i only had so much time to watch things before we recorded but yes and they also have pray away which is an which we did an episode on yes. um early on in our podcast's history so we'll link this article as well so if you're interested in finding any of these movies to watch for mm-hmm. yourself um you're able to do so a lot of them are available for free including if you if you have if you're a student or even an alum of a university you can usually have access to canopy yes cannot speak highly enough of canopy it's a i love that website so much um Um, i guess we can go into high of the week yeah um my high of the it's so funny because the last time we actually recorded a high of a week was a month ago because the last episode we did was right from yeah. a january recording so where to even begin um i think my high of the week honestly it was seeing cocaine bear last week <laughs> it was so stupid and it was wonderful and i went with my girlfriend and we bought powdered donuts at Krispy cream um because mm-hmm. what else are you supposed to eat in a movie called cocaine bear um mm-hmm. it's so bad it is not high. it's like bad but good it's not high art it knows that it's bad um and i think that's what made it so great so if you have some spare money lying around go see cocaine bear um april what was your high of the week I got to see Maddie Zom in concert. Yes, 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 yes. It was so much fun, especially because like she played um, music that is unreleased from her new album. There's yeah. this like funk style song called Lady Killer where she's like, Lady Killer, Lady Killer, take my life. Uh, and she's like, fuck Romeo, I'll take Juliet. And I just am like, I need that on Spotify now, please. Oh, I love her. She's so also cool. Just, like, getting her to like hear her sing if it's not God and uh, you might not like which both talk about her sort of like religious trauma that she experienced. I, re- I recorded both of those on my phone, the full, the full song. Um, and also there was this um, one of her unreleased songs talks about like how she was sort of, she felt sort of like forced to um, grow up, you know, too fast. And now she's uh-huh. like trying to catch up <laughs> that sort of thing. And oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And she like, she sort of starts off by talking about how she was put on the worship team at like 13 and she had to like 
um, play on the worship team like the day after her best friend's mom died. And yeah, yes. it was a powerful song. That's awesome. I can't wait for her to release new music. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I guess our next episode will be with our friend uh, yes, Brianna. Brianna. And we we have been trying to get her on the show for a very long time. She was living in South Korea, um, but now she's... next year she's going to um, the UK. So we had to like do it while she's still in the United States. Well, she's still in one of our time zones. We had to um, record an episode with her and we finally did. So that will be our next episode is our interview with Brianna. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Reclaiming the Garden. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Reclaiming the Garden or on Twitter at RT Garden Podcast. Be sure to check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, and you can always check out our merch store to get t-shirts, mugs, and other fun merchandise. If you are able to, please be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as it does boost us in the algorithm, but we are grateful that you are here and listening, so if that's all you can do, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you soon.